Well, hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us. I'm Bill Bateman, part of the team here at Refuse to be a Victim Personal Protection Training. We're located in southern Oregon in the Medford-White City area, and this week, as promised, week number five, we're going to start going more in-depth on the topic of water. Why? Well, because without water, everything else is basically irrelevant. I'm going to look at the image of prepping, too. This popped up as a result of a discussion I had with a co-worker. I happened to mention I was doing this blog about prepping, bug-out bags, and survival. Looked at me a long time, kind of strangely, and finally said, Oh, I had no idea you're one of those guys. More on that in a minute. Finally, I'll be following up my promise to test the survival foods I've been purchasing. This week, I'll have a report on some MREs. Next week, I'll be looking at some of those tubs of food you can get using dehydrated packets. I purchased both from suppliers, and I'll let you know how that went. And by the way, just so you know, me in a chef's hat is not the strangest visual image you're going to be presented this episode. This also could be a wee bit longer, as there is a lot to cover, and I want to keep continuity. So, I'm excited to report I found a really good site that I'm referring you to and getting a lot of good information from. It's called Prepper.com, and I've already included that link along with the other links in the podcast page. I've been at this for a little bit over two months, researching asking questions, doing some digging, and I found out some really good information at the very same time I'm trying to bring this all together. And I'll explain more about that as we go along. I just like to make sure I give proper credit for the research that I've done and to encourage you to go out and make your own decisions because my shoes aren't going to fit your feet. Please let me know your opinions on the things you find investigating these sites and any products that you may buy. And remember, the opinions expressed on this program are just that, my opinions. Your ideas and opinions are welcome to drop me an email at podcast at wits-and.com. Wits and, and I'll do my very best to respond on the very next program. There comes a time when you're doing research that you dig down and get beyond what's called the common wisdom and start finding out the really good stuff. The past few weeks we've been talking about the bags, what goes in them, where to keep them, suggestions on how to build them. I think it was last week I actually realized the bags are interchangeable and refillable from the various stores of supplies you have. This depends on if you're going to bug in at home or have three minutes to leave grab and go. By the way, that's not an unreasonable time frame. I've seen it in my personal life and I have first-hand accounts of friends that that actually happens. Now the fact that you are prepping, and you can put that in air quotes that I love so much, at one time was considered to be done only by a stereotype survivalist wearing a military uniform with caches of weapons and faces painted in camouflage. It's easy to stereotype and it's also wrong. I know a lot of good people from all sides of the spectrum, and if we look close, it seems both the left and the right, as well a lot of those folks in the middle are preparing for emergencies because, well, it's just a plain good idea. Common sense and good planning has no relation to the political affiliations or party shenanigans going on today. seems to me everybody wants their families and home to be safe and secure, and everybody 
has been up to this for years. Who knew? I want to be there for my family just as you do. Let's take a basic example. Given the amount of time we spend on the road, how many of you have not witnessed a traffic accident? Would you be able to render aid to the injured, or would you have to stand idly by until an ambulance arrived? Okay, let's add a family member to that scenario. Okay, personally, I would want to be able to help effectively, whether it's my child or yours. So in answer to my co-worker's question, yeah, I guess if that makes me one of those guys, I am. And as I may not be there at the scene of your accident, hopefully, so are you. Another interesting thing I found at the Prepper website, and this, this did not surprise me at all, an increasing number of people don't have the basic skills we all had a hundred years ago. Now by that I don't mean just building a fire, baking bread from scratch, or being able to repair something with a tear in it, but being able to obtain clean water in the wild. Now parenthetically I'm one of those people that can do that, okay, well when UPS delivers my water filters, and products, then I'll be able to do that. I think that figure is accurate and that means we should look at some recommendations we've seen on how to prepare. Now the common wisdom is that 72 hours or three days is adequate for food and water, especially if you're going to be staying at home. And as I started to dig deeper, more and more sites are saying, hey, let's look at at least two weeks worth of supplies at the base of what you should have. Now I want to be clear. The past four weeks, we've been doing a flyover. We've been getting a general idea of things we're going to need and where to find them. In the next few weeks, my goal is to drop the landing gear and fine-tune that list with products, strategies, and ideas. We will take this from a concept to something you can actually complete successfully. And I'd like to say we're about halfway there. You'll hopefully be doing what I'm doing and take small steps and make careful expenditures instead of doing what I did the last time. If you recall, I went out and bought something that looked cool and in fact turned out to be useless. I've said it before and I'll say it again, throwing money in a problem, that's just stupid. So now that we've done some basic research and started thinking about preparing and acquiring supplies, how are we going to do that without going both crazy and bankrupt? Each week I go down the list of things that would be good to have. First I see redundancies. By that I mean two different types of knives, two water filters, two ways to start a fire. That's a very good idea. I also see conflicting or different lists of recommendations and there's absolutely no way on earth I'm going to be able to buy everything even if I get a second job to pay for all this. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. In an earlier podcast, I recommended a tub liner for your bathtub. If you're going to be staying at home, you can fill it with water. Well, one of the sites I visited said that's the absolute worst idea they've ever heard. If the city's water supply is compromised, you're going to end up with a tub full of dirty water. It's not that you have bad water. It's the fact you're relying on that method, and now it is not available. So it's almost like everything else we're talking about, and I apologize for sounding like a car commercial, but certain conditions do apply. I still think it's a good idea to have a tub liner if you have advance notice of a difficulty coming, and even a tub full of dirty water can be used for flushing or purified with the proper filtration methods. And this is where careful research, family discussions, and good decision making comes into play. 
and I also recommend that you come to the closure that I have. It's never going to be 100% perfect. I do think those redundancies are important as things get lost, broken, or wander off over time. We talked about that last week. I want to stand by my position that water is the most important thing you should secure, so let's look at the information and methods to obtain it, store it, and transport it. Okay, we've mentioned that the best idea is a minimum of two weeks water stocked up per person. That means one gallon per day for one person, and if you are on the move, that amount needs to be higher. Now what that means is a minimum, an absolute minimum, is 14 to 15 gallons for a two-week period per person. Let's do the math. How many people in your home? I'm going to suggest you may want to go beyond that 24-pack of water bottles you got from Costco. This is for a couple of really important reasons. Storing water at home requires special precautions and containers. I had water in my trunk was in one of those standard one gallon water bottles. It's now in my wheel well and dripping out the bottom because when I had to make a sharp turn, it collapsed. You don't want damage to weak plastic draining your water supplies. I'm going to be including the links to several that I found on a number of the sites I visited for containers. Now after you buy any container, it should be washed thoroughly with a light dishwashing soap. This should include all caps and all fittings, hoses, should be rinsed completely and filled with fresh water. And it's also considered a good idea to put a few drops of plain unscented bleach or commercial water preservatives, which is basically very similar, and then sealing the top after filling your container with fresh, clean water. Now, for those of us who make beer, this is going to sound really familiar. It's a lot like pre-sterilizing your equipment before you begin your process. Now, something to consider is weight. Water weighs a little over 8 pounds per gallon. If you've got a 5-gallon container, that's 40 pounds. Now, that's something you're not going to carry with you if you have to evacuate your home. A 50-gallon drum, which you'll see on many of the sites, that's going to come in around 450 pounds. You're going to need a hand truck and friends if you're going to be moving that. Consider it something you're going to use at home and a pump is going to be the best way to access the contents while you're there. You should also ensure your go-to bag or your get-home bag has a container of water as well as something to filter water in case you have to evacuate quickly. That way you have something to drink while you're purifying a fresh source of water. I believe we talked about having a stainless steel container in case you have to boil water to purify it. By the way, instant coffee or those powdered drink mixes can make treated water taste a whole lot better. Some filtration and purification methods leave a really unusual taste, and staying hydrated is very important. Let's also consider storing your water. I mentioned the weight. What many of the smaller containers sacrifice by a smaller physical size and weight is a loss of strength and durability, like that thing in my trunk. Not all containers will stack one on top of the other. In fact, they will actually end up crushing the container beneath it if it's not strong enough. I don't recommend reusing soda bottles, milk containers, things like that. Milk containers are actually built to degrade over time, so you're not going to want to do that. Have a dedicated container. It's important. Consider also, when you put these containers on a floor, 
What if that floor is contaminated with chemicals or gasoline like you have in the garage or a workshop? Over time, those chemicals and toxins are actually going to leach into the container if it's not the right kind of plastic. So I'm including a link that has good quality containers that are both durable and made of the proper materials. We talked about water filtration. It was last week I brought up the fact you're going to have to have at least two methods of filtration and purification. Now it's generally considered that the water here in the United States does not normally contain viruses. However, in the event of a flood, contaminants will be at an all-time high and not only can, but I, I'm almost going to guarantee you they're going to include road runoff, gas, oil, chemicals, sewage in the event the treatment plant breaks up, overflowing sludge, silt, debris, and medical waste. I almost gave myself a nosebleed trying to figure out all the information on filters, filtering capacity and brands, at an affordable price. I did dodge a bullet. I was out and just ready to purchase a large packet of water filtration straws. What stopped me was an illustration of someone bending over a creek and drinking from it as if it was a large tub of water. There's your other visual for this episode. I live right along Wagner Creek. So over the weekend I hopped the fence and wandered over to see just how likely it would be. Access under normal circumstances is going to be very difficult. It's a steep hill. Not everybody has, like they have in the commercial, those meandering creeks with a comfortable area you can simply kneel down. I can see doing an emergency. The problem is, there's no provision for actually storing the water you filter unless you're going to spit it back into the cup after putting it in your mouth. Does this coffee taste funny to you? Let's be honest. In an emergency, any port in a storm. I'm going to include some highly rated straws in my various recommendations. However, with some planning, I can spend a little less time bending over the creek like a gazelle waiting for a lion and sitting more on my bedroll drinking water out of a bottle. I support the idea, as I said, of water filtering and purification. and I've attached a link to a prepper site that has recommendations of three specific price point items. Based on months of research, I'm giving these a thumbs up. Here are three links. You don't have to write these down unless you want to because they are all listed in the links. The first kit comes in around $60. It's called the Hydro Blue Versa Kit and it's combined with one of the Lystraw Go Bottles. It's a very viable entry option. These are available on a number of sources. Mid-range, and I think this is where I'm going to be making my purchase, a Hydro Blue Versa Go Flow Gravity Kit, plus a Sagan Journey Bottle, plus a Survivor Straw Kit. Cost for that, an estimated $130. Now, if you're feeling flush and want to dust off the gold card, the top of the line, the uh, Rolls-Royce of the whole thing, is the MSR Guardian Pump. The darn thing actually cleans itself as you pump. Plus, the Hydro Blue GoFlow Gravity Kit, and top it off with a Lifesaver Legacy Bottle. It's a big mouthful and a big price tag, $480. Now you'll see a lot of detail on these products, plus a whole lot more. Set aside some time so you can sit down and review this to your satisfaction. Don't buy it because I said it was good. Buy it because you and the family agree you can use it. All equipment should pass the 10-year-old test, which means you should be able to hand it to a 10-year-old 
Say, make this work. Consider your needs, the size of your family, and what you can realistically afford. Don't get the lights turned off because you bought a top-of-the-line system. That's just not smart money. Now, on the other side of the coin, I had a salesperson at one of the stores tell me, and I quote, Why spend all that money on something you're never going to use? I'm going to use an example of skydiving. When I had my midlife crisis, I couldn't afford a Corvette, and I didn't know any cheerleaders, so I decided to try skydiving. So I went out to Buffalo Bob Skydiving and filled it. I asked the instructor, how many successful jumps do you have to make before you're a certified skydiver? He looked at me a long time, smiled, and said, all of them. He also pointed out I had two choices for parachutes. One, packed by a certified rigger. It was kind of expensive. The other was packed by the custodian, who, in fairness, had completed three of the requisite ten mail-order classes on becoming a certified rigger. His was substantially cheaper. I think that applies here. And if you think you're going to need a parachute, and especially in emergency situations, you're going to want the best one you can get. Common sense, and my fear of heights, prevailed, and I never actually got to make a jump. It is, however, still on my list, but then so is the cheerleader and the Corvette. Be smart and get the best you can afford, or do what I did, wait a little bit, Till you can afford it. Now consider the aspect of what about other people? Now you obviously don't want to put up a big sign on your garage door that reads, I have food, but we can't do it all. Do you have a close friend or neighbor you can share this load with? You see, this is part of the psychological preparation we talk about. Making decisions regarding sharing of both information and supplies could be very useful. This means you won't be having this discussion through the front door at 2 a.m. with panicky neighbors pounding on it. Having partners, to me, is better than being a lone wolf, especially if there are other wolf packs out there. Of course, trust and honesty should be established first, just as in any relationship. Now, I promised we'd look at some products that are consistently high-rated by a combination of the sites. The addresses I have here are for online. Those are the ones I've been sharing. I've also included local businesses, and I think they consistently get the good report. And I'm talking about Coastal, or Coastal Farm and Ranch, if you prefer, and Sportsman's Warehouse. I have not yet been to, but I understand we have an REI here as well. Some of the supplies I found that keep popping up with gold stars is the 511 Tactical Rush Bag. That's on a large number of lists. It's 44 liters in size. It runs 169 on Amazon and a dollar more if you go directly to 511. It has molly attachments, but does have military appearances, so you won't be as ghostly as you may wish to be. Another really good bag is the Kelty Red Wing. It's 140 on Amazon, also holds 44 liters, and looks a lot more like a basic backpack. Now, for those of us who are financially challenged, and I include me in this discussion, the Fox Outdoor Field Op Pack is a budget buy at $53 and change on Amazon. I'm also going to toss in my two cents and say I don't care what kind of bag you buy, but I think it should be front-loading. It's going to save you a ton of frustration. I hate pawing through a pack to find things at the bottom. And I think we should all look at carry-on size because, well, you're going to be carrying it. Now, consider who's going to be carrying it and your body shape. 
I'm 6'4", I weigh 250, and a pack that's comfortable for me is not going to work on a person who is smaller or lighter. And then you have the issue of comfort and balance over long term and difficult terrain. I'm actually going to go as far as test the pack fully loaded on a different number of short day trips. Flat, hilly, broken trails are really going to show you what a pack will and won't do. You do not in any circumstances in an emergency situation to be dealing with this stuff for the first time. Okay, I'm looking at the clock and see it's time for me to put on my chef's hat. Stop laughing over there. I was surprised to learn that some MREs are reported to cause stomach problems. I can attest to that because whoever came up with those ham and lima beans I got back in Vietnam is roasting in a particularly hot corner of hell right now. Today it's a little bit different, although I do have concerns. I got mine from MRE Star, or MRE Gold Star of Sarasota, Florida, and it comes in a very traditional green package. I had barbecue sauce with chicken, black beans, and potatoes. Now, this is very interesting. The box contains a pouch, which you fill or actually include. It takes about a quarter cup of water. You add a quarter cup of water to this pouch, you place the pack inside, seal it, and place it at about a 45 degree angle against a rock. I chose to use a frying pan. Didn't want to bring a rock into the kitchen. And you wait. Now this was a very complete packet in that it had the entree or main course. It had a drink mix. It had crackers which you would break up and put into your entree. It had a spoon, salt, pepper, sugar, coffee, wipes, uh, even little cookies for dessert. I was very impressed with the contents. What concerns me, you see as a diabetic I read every package, the cholesterol wasn't that bad but it was 55 percent sodium. Um, I can just hear my cardiologist in the background shrieking, are you out of your mind? That's like a month's supply of salt. So that's how they make it taste good. I waited the requisite 15 minutes, uh, manipulated the pack and turned it over, turned it around, gave it another 15 minutes. It says you can just get by with 10 to 15. It took me a half an hour. Basically, wasn't too bad, but it didn't get too hot. I will admit it got warm and I could eat it, but I chose to put it in the microwave for a few more minutes to bring the temperature up. I didn't mention they actually included hot sauce. Thank you for that. That's a great idea. I put the item in a bowl, which means you do need to have some sort of container to place this in and use my spoon. I did not need any salt after reading the box. <laughs> Broke the crackers up, put it inside. It had a very strong barbecue flavor. Now, I don't think I'd want to subsist on these. The entree had 300 calories, and I would be a little bit leery to try and subsist on this every day. Now, in an emergency situation, a warm meal is always welcome. I think that uh, looking at a long-term dietary situation, I would probably intermix this with some of the dehydrated foods I'm going to be talking about next week. And in my particular medical situation, I don't think I'd eat a lot of these at all. The cholesterol wasn't bad, only 20 milligrams, but uh, the salt was very high, and the calories, there were 300. 
so you're not getting a lot of calories. This was a small portion. It was an 8-ounce portion. As I mentioned, I'm, I'm a pretty good-sized fella, and I got a pretty good appetite. And if I've been wandering around the back country, uh, I'm going to be hungry. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. They also give you uh, a nut and raisin mix like Gorp uh, that you can nosh on later. So, overall, as I look at this, the cost was $110 for 12 of these prepackaged meals. That comes with the heater and a variety of entrees. The heater is a chemical item that becomes warmer when you add the water to the package. So, those are built in. $110 for 12 packs. Doing the math, that's $9.16 for a meal. And honestly, if I'm going to drop a tenner, Frankly, I'd rather go to the Iron Skillet here in Phoenix. I'm going to be using these to barter down the road, or I would add water to the finished product to make it more like a thick soup to cut down some of the heavy flavor. And I think you might want to try that as well. If we ever have a chance to get together, I think it would be nice to bring a couple of these and let people try them and get your honest opinion. It's also interesting to note in many of the vendor options, you can get smaller size amounts in advance. So instead of getting a case, go ahead and look at a three-pack. Find out if you and your kids can actually eat this stuff. Now, they also have these food blocks uh, available. They're like a giant cookie. And I found in all of these items here, you are going to need a knife to get into this stuff. It's all sealed for deep space travel. Now some special issues I want to bring up, even if you're not a diabetic, I recommend reading the labels carefully. For issues that relate to food allergy, if you're really concerned, if it's really serious, contact the vendor directly for first-hand information, as you want to limit the need for EpiPens on the road. That can already compound a very difficult situation. And as with everything else, you don't want to discover that there are peanuts in that stuff halfway through the meal when you're sitting under a bridge someplace. Overall, I'd give this MRE a rating of 3 out of 5. It did what it said it would do. It performed as expected, but it had a very strong flavor. As I said, it was very salty, and it could still be very useful for bartering and for sharing. Next week, I'll take a look at the dehydrated food. Next week, I'll also be looking at some of the uh, other products we can buy. Uh, Best EDC. Let's do this right now before I, I was going to save it for next week. There's a lot of initials we use, and not everybody understands them. EDC stands for Everyday Carry, something you carry with you all the time. If I reach in my pocket, I have my EDC flashlight and my EDC folding knife. Another acronym you're going to hear is SHTF, and we'll go with Stuff Hits the Fan. So if you have an SHTF situation, that means things are deteriorating and getting pretty bad pretty quick. Okay, so we'll look at some more products. We're going to talk about some more ideas and mindsets, and I'll have some class information for you. Uh, we got new things coming up, and I think you're going to be excited about them.
Okay, I'm Bill Bateman. This program is Copyright Refused to be a Victim Personal Protection Training 2018. It may not be rebroadcast, edited, sold, or bartered without the express written permission of this company. It may be downloaded or shared by guests to this website for non-commercial or entertainment purposes. And by the way, folks, go ahead and share this with your friends. If you think somebody was going to get value out of this or has an interest and the links will be of use, please share this, invite them to come to the website and share the links for the program. Let's make this successful. (sighs) Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, Let's see how we're doing on those plans. Let's be safe and I'll see you out at the range.